You know, it's been said that change is the only constant we have in life. And I tend to, to believe that. I tend to see it as I look across the things that we do and look back just 20 years how things have changed and how we do business and how we communicate and the various things that we do in life and how those things have changed our society. You know, you look back just a little time. In 1983, the first cell phone was sold. It was a regional thing sold by Motorola, and it was a situation where they thought that they could put different networks in different areas and people could use those. But what they learned very quickly was regional wasn't good enough, that they now had a population that tended to travel a whole lot more. And so you had the nationwide thing that took over. And incidentally, we were way behind Europe on these things. They adopted this technology far before we did. There was an old German scientist who worked for a wireless carrier in, in Germany. In about 2000 and, no, excuse me, 1992, they started working with text messaging. And this scientist figured out on a secondary channel on your phone, he could string 160 characters behind that secondary channel that was primarily used to show you what your signal strength was on your phone. When he did that, he had an explosion in revenue with very little research and development costs involved with that. And it was a windfall for the wireless carriers. But more importantly, it led to what we have today. You see, when they figured out that they could stream that to a phone, just 160 characters, soon they had wireless application protocol, which meant if you requested something through a wireless phone, it would download that information to your phone, which evolved into what we have today on your iPhone, where you stream your... YouTube videos, your cat videos, or your iPhone webcasts. All of those things have changed the way we do things in this life. They've changed immensely. What do we think about those things? How do they affect our lives? You may have heard of artificial intelligence, and we think that's so far in the future, and we've heard that for years and years and years, and it's never come to be. You realize you've been using artificial intelligence for years. If you look at your phone and you look at how you text, when you type letters, certain words pop up above those words or those letters. That's a prediction of what you're going to type. And it's unique to you. Your phone has been tracking everything you've ever typed in your phone. And it's predicting what your next word's going to be. And it's scary how accurate that is. Many of you may have heard something new in the news called blockchain. He says, what's blockchain? It's everywhere right now. Everybody's looking at this blockchain. What is it? Blockchain is simply a ledger that tells you every transaction that happened with an item. It was first invented by a couple of guys that were wanting to, to track documents and how those documents were used. They did that and it came and went. Fast forward to 2008. You had a guy, nobody really knows what, he, what his name is. They call him Mr. Nakamura on the internet. Invented what you have today is called Bitcoin. Maybe some of you know what Bitcoin is. It's a cryptocurrency. Basically, it's a currency that doesn't exist and it's tracked through computers. It's used on a network called a peer-to-peer -peer network. And they can track every single place that that coin was spent. It's not a physical coin. It's an idea. 
Now, how did we get to where we are to where our currency is now based on an idea rather than what we always thought was should, the way it should be, which is gold? Things have changed immensely. And how will we react to that? How will it affect us as Christians? How will it affect us as a society? You know, it's said now that 20% of financial institutions accept cryptocurrency as a legitimate currency. 20% of an industry such as that means you're in the first stages of adoption, which means we will likely see the end of use of paper and metal currency in our lives. These th changes will bring uncertainty in our lives. Just as many of the things that we've done in the past and the things that we've seen have changed the way we do things. So when we say that change is only the only constant we have in life, I tend to believe that. Because I look around and I see it every day. The changes that come about. The changes that are required of us in our jobs. The changes that we when the normal things that we do in our day-to-day -day lives that have changed. There was a book written by a guy named Spencer Johnson back in the 90s called Who Moved My Cheese? And the basis of this book was he put rats in a maze and the different rats had different reactions to where they would put this cheese. And they got to where they put the cheese in the same place in the maze every day. And the rats would go through there and they would find that cheese. Well, it wasn't very long till those rats were going to the same place every day because they knew that cheese would be there. Suddenly they quit putting that cheese there, but the rats kept coming to the same place. They weren't adapting to these changes. And some finally moved on and they did that. They adapted to the change. They moved. But there were some that didn't. They didn't move. They didn't adapt to the changes in life. The whole basis of the book is you have to adapt to change in order to have a successful and happy life. In Proverbs, excuse me, Philippians 4 and verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now we look at that and we think about your life and the changes that are about you and the uncertainty that we have at times. And it's different for each one of us. The changes in my life may not be the same as yours. And the uncertainty in my life may not be the same as yours. But what we do know is, when that time comes, when those changes come, we want to think on these things. These things are consistent. And we can put these things in our lives to help adapt to that change. In Proverbs 3 and verse 25, it says, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. You know, this passage is primarily, seems like it's physical, but it still applies mentally and emotionally. It says when those times come, when those times of uncertainty, when things seem to have changed in your life, they're not the same. We can't go back in time in those changes that we have to adapt to. This is how he'll keep us from being taken, so to say. And the stresses of change force us to make decisions. And all decisions have consequences, don't they? We try to teach our kids that concept. If we make good decisions, we have good outcomes. And unfortunately, when we make unwise decisions, we face those consequences as well. 
Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This means don't worry and stress about the things in this life. Those things may come, those things may go, but we should keep those things that are consistent. The message from God, the word that He gives us, the peace that He gives us, those are the things we should concentrate on and know that will be there. In Lamentations 3 and verse 32, it says, But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. The grief referred to is the persecution that comes with following him. You know, we'll likely face more persecution in the coming years because of the changes that are taking place. Not just in this state, not in the country, worldwide. These changes are taking place, and we're seeing more and more persecution arise from these changes. No one's immune to it. We all face it. You know, some think, people think, well, finances are the answer. If I just had more money or a better job, then I could face these things. For others, it was if I had a strong family. My family just wasn't that strong, and if I'd had a stronger family, I wouldn't face these things in my life. And still others think, it's based on education or social status. And if those things were just different in my life, I could deal with these things so much better. You know, people typically consider the characteristic that they lack to be the key. And unfortunately, that's not true. The point is, the key actually is to take what you've been given and make it conform to what God would want from you. That's how we win that game. To take what we've been given to play the hand you've been given, we hear said a lot. To face those changes in life. In Psalms 103 and verse 10, it says, he, that, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor awarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. You know, going back to God doesn't willingly afflict grief. Many say, well, you've done well because you've lived right. You're in a situation where you didn't have to do the things that I've done. You know, I think it's just like uh, when you go back to Job and his friends told him, what sin have you done to cause this for yourself? It doesn't really work that way. He doesn't deal with us in that way. We can look to his mercy and his consistency to understand things in this life and hopefully hold to those things to help us through those changes. We'll look at a passage here. I think explains a lot of that. It bears out this point. In Psalms 55 and 15 it says, Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, because they have no changes. Therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such to, as to be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon 
the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. We see here a passage that describes something that we see in this present day. People spreading lies and, and telling them that's how our, we need to deal with this life in our own lives. You know, the atheist says, don't trust in God. God doesn't exist. You can't depend on that. You're crazy if you think that's the way to do this thing. You know, the humanist says, well, you've got to reach inside of you. You're the key to this. What makes you happy is what matters and what's going to make a difference in your life. And we see that's not the case. Don't make wrong decisions when faced with the change or turn to the wrong source. This shows us the result of doing so. If you back up to verses 17 and 18, it says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. This is a great example of the attitude that we should have. That we're going to go to God on a regular basis and have Him help us with those changes and those things and the events that happen in our lives that are so difficult to deal with. This says, when those times come, turn to God. And it describes a thing going on as a battle. We can feel like that at times, can't we? Like there's this battle around us. And whether it's with our family, with our co-workers, with our friends, those things can have an effect on us. And they can take a toll on us and eventually wear us down. You know, some people sometimes like to play a game. They say, what would you do in this situation? I think there's even a, a television show based on this. They say, what would you do? And it gives situations such as you're stranded on an island or on a hijacked plane or, or caught in a blizzard. And it asks, what would you do? And I think the real answer is, many of us don't know what we would do. We don't know what we would do in those situations because we've never found ourselves there. You know, in life, everything is that way. Anything new. Many times we don't know what we would do. But the thing that we have to understand is if we turn to God and He let Him influence our, our decisions, those outcomes will be better. We should strive to increase our faith in God to get us through and seek His guidance. Morning, noon, and night, as it says in this passage. In Luke 9 and verse 23, it says, And He said to them all, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. You know, I think there's one word in this passage that makes this pretty profound. Sometimes it's just one small word that, that makes us really focus on what it's trying to tell us. And we look at that daily. Because when we look at our lives and our Christian lives and we think, well, I, you know, back and I obeyed the gospel and, and maybe that seems like a one-time thing. But if you recall back when you did that, was it just easy the next day? How about the day after that? The month after that? The year? Just because we did it on that one occasion, we obeyed that gospel, it didn't make things so easy in our life, did it? Hopefully it changed the way we approach those things in our life. Because we've got to take up that cross daily in order to do, as it says in this passage. 
We have to proactively seek to follow Him. It doesn't just happen. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. We're to be an example to others, aren't we? We have to be that example. Confidence is contagious. If you think back, you're certainly somebody in your life that you looked at and you looked at the faith that they had. And you were amazed by that. The things that they faced in their life, the one place that they consistently turned to was God. That confidence is contagious, isn't it? And it gives us something to strive for as we look at others. It can be the same for us. Many times people are watching us when we don't even know it. And they're looking. And they're seeing how we deal with these situations. And when we deal with it the way that God would have us to, I'm telling you, there's people that are amazed by that. They're amazed by the fact that we're unwavering in doing so. You ever have one of those days where you say, I just can't take one more thing. I just can't do it. There's no more fight left in me. John 16 and verse 33, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You know, sometimes we feel so overwhelmed, we think, man, I just wish the judgment would come right now. Right now. I want to go be with God. And you know, that's somewhat a healthy attitude. I don't think there's any suicidal tendencies when people claim that. I think it's an honest assessment that they're looking at those promises that have been made, a reward at the end. And they're looking at that saying, there's got to be something better than what's here. Because those tribulations exist in this life. And they always will. He's never hid that from us. Matter of fact, he told us those things are going to happen as long as you're in this life. When he says, I have overcome the world, he doesn't mean here. He means in the afterlife. What it really means is we're ready to embrace the promise that God has made to us. In Acts 14 and verse 22, it says, Confirming the souls of, his, of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. There again, telling us that those tribulations are going to come. As long as we're in this life, as long as we have breath in us, those things are going to happen. You know, I heard Mike Hall say one time, many of you know he was raised at Boys Ranch. You know, you've got a lot of, a lot of troubled teens there, that type of thing. And he said it, they would go back and they would talk to these teenagers and try to get them to avoid the same mistakes. And he said there were some religious leaders that would show up there and he was having to rethink whether he wanted to be a part of that. Because they would go in there and they'd say, just trust in the Lord and all your problems will be solved. And the problem was those kids would wake up the next day. And they still had the problems that they had the day before. But somebody had told them that all they had to do is accept Christ and those things were in the past. They didn't have to face those things. We do have to face those things, don't we? And that's what he's telling us here. As long as you're in this life, you're going to face things. And we have to overcome those things as changes come toward us. 
In James 1 and 3, it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, we grow through the trying of our faith. We never learn anything from an easy day, do we? The easy days come and go. It's the ones that try us that work our patience and help us to understand how to deal with those things. We identify that we can draw strength from God. We identify that it will pass, and before you know it, we're met with another change and another challenge. And those things become much easier. If you think about when you were a child, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? You know, you see that child? I didn't get to sit by my friend that I wanted to sit by. I didn't get to see my, my grandmother. And those things totally wreck a child's life for about two seconds. And that's it. As we grow older, we learn. That's really not that big a deal in the whole grand scheme of things, isn't it? And I suppose by the time you get reached 80 years old, 90 years old, there's probably not a lot left in this world that does happen that really concerns you too much. Because you've learned over time, through experience, that those things will come and they will go. And what really matters is your faith in God. I want to leave you with an inspirational passage, or at least I thought it was inspirational, when you're considering these things. When you think of change in your life, when you think of the uncertainty that it brings, I want you to think of this passage. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I left off. Let's go through verse 11. Let me start again. Verse four, uh, chapter 4 and verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always hearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may, might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Now apply that to your life, because if we don't do that this morning, this was all a waste of time. Apply it to your life. Change comes into your life, and you're troubled on every side. Yet you're not distressed, because you trust in God. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Comforting words, right? The words that we should draw from when we find ourselves in those situations. Romans 8 and 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, you know, we've got to have that attitude because changes are here and more changes are coming. And one thing's for sure, the world's changing faster every day. It's not just going to come to a point where it changes no more. It will change faster and faster every day of our lives. Trust in Him and do the best you can. And if we can get to that point, then no change in this life will ever overcome us. We'll be looking to Him to get us through the next change. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.